in bowling, 300 is a perfect score. Doesn't happen very often. You have to hit, what, 12 strikes to get 300. Chris and I have just hit 300. Welcome to our 300th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. We thank everybody for participating. And uh, we aren't bowlers. Remember, there was an episode, I don't remember, and we had a hell of a good time. And one of my pet peeves was bowling shoes and how disgusting it is to put your foot in a disgusting (laughs) bowling shoe. So why I started our 300th episode with a reference to bowling, I have no idea. But um, I think it's a credit to Chris and I to get to 300. Um, I never would have thought that we would have gotten to 300 when we first got together in, I think it was July of 17. And uh, ever since then, we've been producing these pretty much after September of 17. And we're now at the magic number of 300. And uh, we're going to incorporate some comments from some of our really good participants. You've heard the names of Greg and Ryan. They are going to be part of episode number 300 for sure. We were hoping to have a special guest, but that special guest, and I'm going to keep that under wraps until we can make sure that we can solidify this guy. But we will get him. It might be in episode 305. It might be in episode 306. But it will be shortly that we will have a special guest here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris, but I think it's an accomplishment and we should be proud of it that we've made it to 300. And as I hand the mic over to the executive producer, the boss of Unscripted, I uh, welcome in Mr. Fluke and say thank you and congratulations for making it to 300. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, There's a lot of consistency required when it comes to uh, making a podcast, and especially this many episodes this quickly. I mean, really, that's uh, that's great. We've only been doing it for a year and a half, 300 episodes. That works out to, uh, you know, we're approaching one a day almost if you look at it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's been great. But uh, I just remember, I, I, I thought for 300, I'd look back at a couple things that I was thinking about, because it is just a year and a half ago. In some ways, it's a long time ago. In some ways, it's not. But uh, I think back to how when we first started talking, we had uh, another person involved who uh, was going to be doing some technical stuff for us and I thought oh this is going to be great I'll just show up and just yap and then go home and then it's all taken care of and then that ended up not being the case and I was uh, given the executive producer role and uh, but uh, I remember when uh, I was at the time this all happened where it turned out this person wasn't going to be working with us uh, that basically happened while I was on a plane and and so I landed in the Okanagan in BC and uh, I get a text from Mike basically, yeah, it's not going to work. We don't know how to do it. Uh, it was a nice thought. Okay, bye. <laughs> and it was like, um, oh, man. Like, and, I'm, and, you know, I've just landed and I'm in the car and my parents are driving uh, us from uh, from Kelowna to Penticton, which is about 45 minutes. And they're trying to talk like, oh, so it's new. And I'm trying to type to Mike like, oh, no, don't give up. Like, no, we can do this. Like, And so... Uh, So I remember that was funny. And so, uh, you know, I just remember then going to the beach after that and just floating and just thinking about like, you know, geez, how am I going to pull all this technical stuff off? I had kind of worked a little bit ahead of time on even before I met Mike on potentially having my own website and doing my own podcast on whatever on I was considering sports, considering politics, like just all sorts of stuff. And so I had done some pre work on, you know, some of the programs that I we've ended up using even right this second. 
And uh, so that was that was neat. But I remember just f floating on a floaty at the beach thinking, you know, how are we going to pull this off? And are we going to be able to make this work? And yeah, it's been great. It's a great uh, part of our week. And it's a lot of fun. And I hope you guys get some enjoyment. And uh, it's it's gratifying when I hear about more and more people who have at least checked out a few episodes and certainly are real, you know, true diehard fans who've checked out pretty much every episode. And, and uh, it's just been really gratifying and really, really fun. And it's hard to think about a time when we didn't have unscripted in our lives. Well, and, and I do need to make a, a quick shout out to some friends of mine in Indianapolis, Indiana, that uh, called me last week. And um, I can't produce these episodes, folks. And Chris is the Chris is the little sh machine that can, or little engine that could. And and uh, Chris was really busy with his real job, and and uh, he had to find time to produce these episodes. But it was really gratifying to me that these guys were calling me wondering where their daily episodes was because now they sit there as a group over lunch and listen to Chris and I. Wow. And that's uh, very cool. And I thank that group out of Indianapolis. And uh, uh, I think that there's a lot of listeners out there and, and that's probably the main reason we keep doing it. Plus, we enjoy doing it and we enjoy getting together once a week. And, and uh, this has been a lot of fun. And, and uh, I hope it lasts another three up, 300 up, three episodes for damn sure, but 300 for sure and, and uh, see where it goes. But um, thanks to everybody. And uh, I don't know what else to say, but uh, it, it, uh, it has been a lot of fun. And, it, and during a really difficult time in my personal life, it has been a lifesaver, to be honest. And uh, I think, obviously, Chris and, and uh, Greg and Ryan and, and uh, the guys in Indianapolis and uh, Jack and Sharon down in Las Vegas, um, they don't like some of the language we use, but <laughs> they're in their 80s, so hell with you. Uh, um, I remember after meeting Jack, I really tried to tone it down for a little while, but uh, then I just kind of went back to my old ways. So, you know, but uh, certainly nothing against Jack. I oh, God, that, no. I hope he's not too upset with me. No, but, no, no. But no, uh, no. anyway, no. So uh, you should try to get some of those guys in Indy. Uh, get a, even if they text it to you, get a comment from them. I'd love yeah. to hear something like that from them, because what I notice when I'm looking at our metrics and everything is... We get a lot more, almost exclusively, almost all of our comments are from Canada, but we get a lot more downloads from the U.S. So it's interesting there. It's like yeah. the American listeners are sort of downloading and listening and just kind of enjoying the show and aren't really getting there. And then we've got the loudmouth Canadians who have to talk about everything. And it's like, isn't that supposed to be the opposite? Isn't that kind of kind of backwards there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah, the Canadians are more than happy to give their opinion what's going on up here. And the Americans are just sitting and enjoying us over lunch, which I thought that was cool. Uh, I thought that was really wonderful. So that, that so thank you to those guys. I really appreciate that. Um, let's start this uh, 300th episode. Um, we'll start it in, in uh, Chris's backyard. Well, literally, we're in Chris's backyard in the studios here at Unscripted. But I want to start with some news out of the UFC and uh, guys that have become familiar, more familiar to me, obviously, with my association with Chris, but uh, talking about the UFC and we're talking about Khabib and I can't even, I'm not even going to start. You know, I used to think, used to think uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo was a tough one and, and it is, but Khabib, uh, whatever his last name is, but he's famous in the UFC. He has said that he is done in Nevada, some ruling has barred him or something, and Chris is going to have the story, and I'm just kind of setting it up for him. And he's targeting a return to the UFC in New York City at Madison Square Garden sometime in November. 
And also there was a story this week in the UFC about John Jones and his connection to Las Vegas. And we know how much Chris loves and respects John Jones. So we'll have his comments about that. And also, I didn't know this. I just found out this morning. um, But also that Khabib and my favorite UFC fighter, Conor McGregor, have been suspended. With an update from the UFC, Mr. Fluke. Yeah, the Nevada Athletic Commission has been extremely busy lately. <laughs> uh, they, you know, they always used to be the Nevada State Athletic right. Commission. They dropped the S, and now they're just the uh, Nevada Athletic Commission. Right. Yeah, it's like the Nevada Gaming Commission. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, whatever. But anyway, so they've uh, been uh, not impressing a lot of people lately, but at least they did hand out some suspensions. I wasn't happy with a number of things, though. Uh, I mean, first of all, we'll talk about uh, every everybody's favorite yo-yo piece of shit, <laughs> John Jones. So they've, they've basically allowed him to defend his title coming up in March against uh, number one contender, or they're promoting his number one contender. I don't know if he's officially ranked number one, uh, Anthony Smith. And uh, so th- that fight will be allowed to go ahead, although uh, between now and then, he has to be uh, drug tested at least twice a month, John Jones, uh, if, if not more. So uh, that is, there's going to be a Don't buy your tickets. Yeah. <laughs> make sure Don't that, prepay your tickets. Make sure your hotels are refundable, <laughs> people. That's, that's the number one thing you want to learn here. Man, no, you know what? I honestly, th- well, <laughs> is no. there a line of coke that John Jones won't <laughs> inhale? Oh, there's. I I loved when he was when he fought Chael Sonnen a few years ago, and at the uh, you know they're all dehydrated at the way end and stuff, and so they step on the scale, and as soon as they stepped off, Chael Sonnen didn't say anything. He just opened a can of coke and started drinking it yeah. because he knew that was before everyone knew that John Jones was a cokehead. So, but Chael knew. So he's just like subtly drinking a Coke and kind of looking at the camera like, I Coke know. Coke and a smile. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, no, no, I'm just drinking Coke. Like, like no one drinks pop after they've just weighed in. Like nobody. And oh, no, no, it's just Coke. No, what are you doing? No, no big deal. Anyway, so I loved that. I thought that was genius. That but that's funny. Chael Sinan's a genius though. So that's cool. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, lots of drug testing going on. And uh, so that fight is uh, going to go ahead. Uh, a much, the much more complicated story is Habib Nurmagomedov. Thank you, sir. And uh, I knew you could. Yeah, yeah, and Conor McGregor. Uh, I I didn't like a number of things they did. Uh, I was okay with. I'm certainly okay with them suspending Habib for nine months and fining him half a million because what he did was inexcusable. You do not jump the cage. You do, do not go into the crowd. You do not risk innocent women and children getting hurt because you're a yo-yo Moron. gutter trash from Russia. Sorry, you just don't do that ever. So <laughs> I had no problem with that. Um, I love gutter trash. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, it, I really think it's yeah, accurate. Anyway, it so is. yeah, and so... Uh, two. Th- uh, well, geez, there's probably two or three things I have a problem with here, though. That was okay. Uh, number one, they suspended Conor McGregor for six months, so not as long, uh, and fifty thousand dollars for so only a tenth of what they uh, suspend, uh, what they find Habib. But uh, Conor McGregor did not deserve any suspension or any fine. He was dazed and recovering from losing a fight, and he gets jumped in the U- in the octagon, which has never happened before, by two guys. And uh, he, as far as I'm concerned, did nothing wrong. And to me, this was just a lazy suspension by a lazy, oh, just, you guys were all kind of involved in the trouble, and so we're just going to suspend everybody. Bullshit, lazy, unimpressive performance by the Nevada Athletic Commission. Disgusting, in fact. Conor McGregor deserved absolutely no repercussions. I would love to see what they expected someone to do in his position because he did nothing wrong at all and deserved no punishment whatsoever, period, end of story. So fuck the Nevada Athletic Commission for that. Anyway, 
Fuck them. Uh, also, then with the two guys that attacked him, who were two of Habib's guys, they suspended those guys for a year and whatever else they did with them. But those guys should have been banned for life, period. And frankly, even if they don't, the UFC should ban them for life. But then, but the UFC is going to be scared because Habib has basically said, if you do too much to my guys, like I'm just not fighting again. And so even though he's suspended for nine months and his guys are for 12, He's suspected to not fight without his guys. This is basically putting the lightweight title on ice for a year. So, I mean, they'll probably have to do another interim title fight, but they've had so many interim titles. It's just really annoying. I don't know what they're going to do here. But, uh, I mean, yeah, Habib probably will wait for Madison Square Garden, and he's got the name to do it. So I don't know what's going to happen here, but his guys should have been banned for life. And uh, Connor shouldn't have had anything wrong at all. But uh, yeah, Habib's going to wait till his guys are there for him as well. Uh, I was just disappointed with all sorts of things. But anyway, now you're up to date on what's going on uh, as the UFC turns. Got a bunch of things to talk about. And we also want to incorporate uh, good friends to the show, Greg and Ryan, who were kind enough to bring in some comments. And we'll get to those, I promise. But uh a couple things to take off the list before we get to those comments, and we'll start in the National Hockey League. And you know, anybody that has listened to Unscripted knows that I am not a huge fan of power rankings. I think Chris has hit it on the head that it's the standings. It'll give you the same thing. But NHL.com has done a little bit different things with all the different major awards coming up at the end of the year. They've got a They've got a power rankings as we sit at the all, basically the all-star break. They've got a power rankings for the Vesna. They've got a power ranking for the Hart. They've got a power ranking for the Jack Adams for coach of the year. But the one that kind of triggered my interest the most, because it involves one of our favorite players on our favorite hockey team, the Calgary Floodplain Flames, they have come out with the power rankings at the midway point of the season. We're actually past the midway point, but we'll say the all-star break. Uh, the National Hockey League Norris Trophy Power Rankings. Starting at five. Number five they have on this list is Eric Carlson from the San Jose Sharks. Number four, Chris Letang from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Number three, Carlson's running mate, Brett Burns in San Jose. Number two, Morgan Riley from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And number one on your program and number five in your hearts, the captain of the Calgary Floodplain Flames, Mark Giordano. And I just can't wait to hear what what Mr. Fluke has to say about that. I will say this before I give it to Chris, is that Giordano, at 35 years old, has played some inspired hockey this year for the Floodplain Flames. And I don't know. I guess he deserves to be. I don't know if it's one overall. I know that the GTA would certainly put Morgan Riley at one for damn sure for what he's meant to the uh, the back end of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs lineup. But in this particular website, the NHL Norris Trophy Power Rankings at the midway point have the winner of the Norris Trophy this year going to Flames defenseman and captain Mark Giordano. Well, I just, I can't believe that anybody would actually claim that they would take Giordano over Brent Burns or Eric Carlson. I don't believe that. That's not realistic. Well, I'm that's just, just reporting what I, I read. know. That's just, that's just sheer homerism. You can even make the case that if you're going to say he's done better or led his team to a better record, well, okay, that's fine. But I have, just have a hard time believing 
that uh, anyone would actually, if it really came down to it and they had to be honest and actually take someone for their team, I don't believe that uh, they'd take Giordano over either of the Sharks guys at the very least, and maybe not even Morgan Riley there. So I don't know. It, I mean, it seems like just the other day that uh, Mark Giordano was like, oh, is he getting old and what's going on? And the Flames aren't anything good and firing their coach for like the third time in four or five years, whatever it was there. And uh, all of a sudden, everything's just clicking for them. I don't really get it. I mean, I think TJ Brody is generally considered to be underrated, and that's fine. And Giordano actually has his moments and has played well lately. I don't think he's got that much time left. You might with defensemen. You can be 35 and have a few years left as a defenseman, especially Mm -hmm. these days Mm -hmm. with modern nutrition and training and everything. So maybe he does, but it really felt like he was on the downslope not that long ago. And just because your team has momentum doesn't mean that you've slowed the effects of aging. I think that... We're going to start to see less and less out of him soon, I would think. But maybe he has enough for this year, if nothing else. And uh, also their goaltending is a house of cards. I mean, really, Mike Smith has looked like shit. And David Riddick is... David Riddick, in fairness, has saved the Flames. Sure, absolutely. He has saved the Flames. There's no question. But, I mean, you can't just expect that he's the next Mika Kippersoff based on this small sample size. I mean, really, that's great that he's doing well, but we haven't even seen him in the playoffs. So, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, but, I mean, what if he completely collapses in the first round? We can't handle the pressure. What if he's just... What if he's Jim Carrey from 1997, the uh, Washington Capitals goalie, wins every wins like the Vezina and Rookie of the Year and everything, and then you never hear from him again, right? So, well, I go back to 1980 with Jim Craig. We the the uh, U.S. men's Olympic hockey team wins a gold medal in the un unbelievable that team wins under Herb Brooks wins a gold medal they beat the russians on the friday night beat the swedes on sunday morning or was the Finns? i don't know somebody from one of those norlandic countries and uh, surprisingly the united states with a bunch of ham and eggers wins the stanley cup it's the stanley cup wins the gold medal in the olympics at lake placid and they do it with a goaltender by the name of jim craig and jim craig was supposed to be the next great thing and then as soon as he got the big contract from the boston bruins because he was from the boston area never heard from jim craig again so you know I just, it's hard to ignore a team that has 71 points at the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be some reason. There's got to be some reason for the top line with the Munchkin and the two other guys. There's got to be, Riddick has played a huge role in getting them to 71 wins and closing the gap to only five behind the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're not going to catch Tampa Bay. But 71 points and only two teams have 70 or more points at the All-Star break as much as it pains me to say, we have got, we don't have to, but we have to recognize that they've had a very good first year, a surprise, a first half of the season, and a surprising first half of the season. And I think a lot of the credit needs to go, oh, this pains me to say, but the Fry Cook made a hell of a trade with the Carolina Panthers to get some players, and they got rid of a piece of crap in Dougie Hamilton. That has worked out very well. You bring in uh, the 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 uh, the one winger that they have on the front line, the D guy Hannafin in the back, and they get rid of uh, Malcontent in in the form of uh, Hamilton in uh, Calgary, who's now down in Carolina. But uh, some credit has to go there. But I think a lot of the credit obviously has to go to Bill Peters, who has put in a different set of mind, a different mindset down there on Olympic way. And I don't think it's going to last. I think that there are going to make the playoffs. I don't think they'll they'll be the number one seed in the West. But 
we haven't seen this kind of hockey in Calgary from the local team since 2004. And again, I'm not a math major, but that's, you know, uh, 13 years, uh, 14, 15 years, whatever it is. And it, again, pains me to say, but 71 points at the All-Star break, pretty impressive for the guys down there uh, with the floodplain flames. It is, and no one's going to listen to me because I'm such an Oilers fan and Flames hater, but I just... Oh, people I, are going to listen to you. They're just going to laugh at you. <laughs> I guess, but I just, I, I see, especially the goaltending, but everything is just seems like a house of cards to me, right? I just, I think it's uh, just, it. I really do. And maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part, but I just, I've never been able to see what makes this team, at least any time in the last few years, what makes them really great. I understand the 89 team was an all-star team and the 2004 team had a really, really good group of role players on off on uh, the forwards and the defense and 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 of course Kiprasov and uh but this just it doesn't feel like either of those teams at all to me it feels like just some momentum and uh, they're just kind of playing above their pay grade right now and it really feels like it's going to come crashing down I would just I'll just be really surprised if it doesn't so uh I I'm still feeling good about uh the Flames uh, petering out. Soon. Well, good one. Thank yeah, you. Bill Peters. Very nice. Yeah, uh, I do think, though, I will say this. If the Flames really do believe they've got a chance, I don't I, I can't. I can't get myself to say Stanley Cup yet, but let's just start with a deep playoff run. I think they need to be active before the uh, February 25th trade deadline. But the thing is, their whole success seems built on team chemistry. Well, so maybe that just messes it up. I think they could use one more D-man. I think that they could probably use a better backup goalie than Mike Smith right now. He's pathetic. He sucks. The only team he can beat is his old guys from Arizona. I mean, he is a liability. There's no confidence. Uh, You know, I've seen, because of my wife's love of her hometown Calgary Flames, I've seen a lot of Flames hockey this year, and they just play much better when David Riddick is behind them, then they don't have that confidence with Mike Smith. Mike Smith always gives one up as soon as O Canada is done being sung. And all of a sudden they find themselves down one or two goals and the game's over. So I think that for the flames, realistically, my opinion, but my opinion is this, that if they think that they're in the position and at 71 points and they don't play till Friday, they'll have had 10 days off from their last game as a team before they start on Friday against the uh, Washington Capitals to start their second half of the season. I think that they need one or two more pieces to make that big run because Jesus Christ, you know that there's going to be some team from the West that's going to come out and challenge them. You know it. And then ultimately, if they do make it to the Stanley Cup finals, they're going to run into the Tampa Bay Lightning who are loaded. And that's going to be tough. It really is. Yeah, it really is. But uh, maybe we're just being optimistic. But uh, I'm I'm still hoping for the best. I'm just waiting for the flames to crash and burn here. Um, surprising news, and usually we don't get a lot of CFL news here in the off season. But um, I think it's important to re- to report um, because there are a lot of Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans that listen to Unscripted with Mike and Chris. I think Chris and I are Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans, and. I found it surprising two things. First of all, they uh, promoted head coach, then head coach, Chris Jones, gave him a nice pay raise, and all of a sudden, like three days later, or maybe even less, he decides to take an opportunity to go down and be on 
uh, Freddie Kitchens' staff down in Cleveland as a member of the Cleveland Browns coaching staff. But what surprised me even more than Chris Jones leaving after basically getting total autonomy to do whatever the hell he wants in, I think, the most stable CFL franchise, which is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I mean, they travel well as a team. They obviously sell out every time at the New Mosaic, a beautiful, beautiful football palace in Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, But then they did something a little different. I don't think you've seen this very often in professional sports. And to my recollection, I don't remember it ever happening. But now in the CFL, you've got brother versus brother. Dave Dickinson, who is the head coach of the current uh, uh, Grey Cup winning team, the Calgary Stampeders, his brother, Craig, was the special teams coordinator for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And when Chris Jones abruptly left and went south to go to Cleveland, um, the new head coach was named last week of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and his name is Craig Dickinson. Huh. Dickinson versus Dickinson, and I really believe this, and I I don't think a lot of people are going to argue this with me, and I said this uh, back in the beginning of episode number 298. You know, you know about... Calgary Edmonton in the CFL, you know about Calgary Edmonton in the National Hockey League. In the CFL, you hear about and know about the Banjo Bowl between Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. But I think really, folks, the best rivalry right now in the Canadian Football League is the one between Saskatchewan and Calgary. They've been the two winningest programs in the CFL for the last number of years. And their games are special because, especially when they play in that shithole down in on Crowchild Trail here in Calgary, it it's amazing. It's like they open the gates of heaven and half of Saskatchewan comes to to Calgary and it becomes almost like Saskatchewan West when the Saskatchewan Rough Riders play the Calgary Stampeders here in Calgary. It's a special time. I mean, literally, folks, you may not believe me and you folks in the States will just think I'm off my rocker when I say this, but it's the truth. You see Saskatchewan guys put watermelons on their heads. It's kind of different. I mean, you've seen some weird shit at some U.S. big time U.S. college, you know, universities on game day with some of the outfits and costumes that they wear. But these Saskatchewan fans, not all of them, folks, but a number of them come with watermelons on their head and they drink a lot of Pilsner beer and they make it a two or three day party here in Calgary. But I really believe that the best pure football rivalry in the Canadian Football League right now is Calgary versus Uh, Saskatchewan, and it just probably got turned up a couple of notches with now you've got brother versus brother. I'm actually looking forward to the first game next year. I don't know when they play. I haven't seen a schedule, but when Calgary plays Saskatchewan for the first time, whether it's in the beautiful football palace in Regina or the toilet on Crowchild Trail Northwest here in Calgary, it's going to be interesting to see Dickinson versus Dickinson. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, really the uh, rivalry to me really takes place in the stands because so many people come from Saskatchewan to Calgary, me included. There's so many Saskatchewan people here. A lot of people say Calgary is the capital of Saskatchewan. (laughs) You know, Edmonton's capital of Alberta, but uh, we've got Saskatchewan here. So (laughs) it really is. And it seems like, geez, a third of the people here are from Saskatchewan. And uh, we don't have that major city. Like we have Saskatoon and Regina, but we don't have a city. How many people in Regina? Oh, like half a million? No. Oh, not even. Oh, no. Uh, oh. Uh, 
250 maybe oh, okay right. yeah saskatoon maybe 300 something yeah. like that yeah no they're saskatoon's bigger than regina yes oh, okay yeah, Regina's the capital city and no, has I knew the that. riders. I knew that, but I didn't know that Saskatoon was bigger than... Yeah, Saskatoon is a nicer city and bigger. Okay. But, it, uh, yeah, that's all. So, uh, yeah, it, it's just there's there's such a crossover with the population. How many people move to Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan's kind of like Newfoundland. Everyone leaves, but we're proud to be from there. You know, and uh, and but the number one place we go is Calgary. I mean, some people go to Edmonton or Winnipeg, but really the vast majority that leave go to Calgary. And it's uh, there's just tons of Saskatchewan people, even Yorkton people here. Mm-hmm. I mean, two of the people I went to high school with live a minute away. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's, it's a real crossover. I've mentioned before the brilliant marketing the Stampeders did that one year with the with the uh, the billboard, it just all oh, yeah. green. It just yeah. says, "Don't worry, Stamps fans, we'll save you a section August 1st. That's all it said in <laughs> yeah, green, right? A brilliant marketing because obviously it's the Stamps doing it, but it's just genius. And uh, yeah, it's fifty fifty at I mean, sometimes. I think there's more Rider fans here when the Riders come to town. So yeah, that's going to lead to a great rivalry, no matter what's happening on the field. If you can get, uh, you know, brother versus brother, plus arguably the two most talented rosters yeah. in the league. Uh, that just makes it even better. Really too bad that our quarterback got hurt last year because we could have easily dispatched uh, Winnipeg with him and then it becomes Calgary-Saskatchewan. would have been a really, really interesting game. So that was a real shame we didn't get to see that. But yeah, that's going to be a great thing. Brother versus brother is neat. We saw that in the Super Bowl a few years ago. We'll see it now in the CFL. And uh, yeah, hopefully Craig... Jeez, I forgot about the Harbaugh sisters. Yeah. It's, I, I'm hoping wow. Craig... I'm hoping Craig Dickinson is just an asshole and just like, <laughs> just a jerk to his brother. They go to shake hands and he like shoves them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um, that will be interesting to see. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that. Brother versus brother. And I totally forgot about the Harbaugh. Jesus Christ. Bad, bad on me. Um, a lot of things to talk about. Running out of time, but there's a couple of things I want to address. Is there... Is there a guy or anybody in life these days? Oh, and I do have to say this, though. All the people from Yorkton and and Regina and uh, Saskatoon and all the other cities in Saskatchewan, I know of only two guys that came to Calgary from Las Vegas. And you're sitting with one of the idiots. (laughs) And the other idiots, the other idiot I know, he actually married one of my brother-in-law, Mike's, daughters oh so we're the two idiots that left <laughs> left 85 and sunny for minus 30 a bad economy and bad government um is there a guy in the world of sports these days that enjoys life more than alexander ovechkin now ovi is an undisputable first ballot hall of famer he is now a, a stanley cup winning player um the captain of a stanley cup winning organization um, but this guy has enjoyed the last six, seven, eight months, whatever it is. He has enjoyed it better than anybody that I know. We've seen him partying and drinking out of the cup. We've seen him doing a whole bunch of different stuff. This weekend, he skipped the all-star festivities in San Jose. That's going to cost him a one-game suspension when they resume play on Friday, coincidentally enough, against the Calgary Flames in Washington. But the reason I ask is that over the All-Star weekend, instead of participating, whether it be in the skills competition or the actual game itself on Saturday night, Ovechkin was seen in Florida riding a dolphin. (laughs) I'm surprised it wasn't a unicorn. Now, tell me there wasn't alcohol involved. Okay? 
I think that if you need something in your life, maybe I should be calling Alexander Ovechkin. I don't know if he'd take my call, but to put a smile on your face, that might be the guy to do it. Because if there isn't a guy that isn't, if there is a guy out there that is enjoying life more than Alexander Ovechkin is these days, I'd like to meet that person. Whether it's a male, female, doesn't matter. But my God, it is really fun just to watch Alexander Ovechkin have fun these days because I don't think there's anybody doing it at a higher level than he is this year. And you know what? Good on him. <laughs> yeah, that bender was just classic. I just thought that was that was worth them beating the Golden Knights almost by itself. I mean, I was cheering for the Capitals to finally get a cup anyway uh, in a vacuum, but I, I was overall cheering for the Vegas Golden Knights. What a story that would have been. I mean, yeah. just going to the final is amazing, but winning it would have been just insanity. So uh, I'm happy for Ovechkin. And yeah, he's just, uh, he's just an overgrown kid, which it makes his gray and his beard extra weird. But... Yeah, who isn't happy for Ovechkin? He's having fun. He's a likable guy. Everybody likes him. And, uh, you know, good for him. What else can you say? He's having fun. And uh, sometimes we forget that that's what sports is supposed to be all about. Real quick before we get out of here, I do. And again, I keep saying this, but it, it I, I just I don't quite understand what's going on. And well, forget that. I want to get to uh, some of the comments from the boys because we're running along here and we could go on forever. And this is our 300th episode. But a very integral part of the first 300 episodes besides Chris's involvement has been from uh, guys like uh, Greg and Ryan. Uh, our Obviously, our Vancouver bureau chief, Sean Dode, has been huge. Um, you know, uh, thank you to all of you guys. You've been a great uh, part of the show, whether you agree with us or not. Um, again, integral part of the show. And uh Chris asked them to make some comments in regard to our 300th episode, and as promised, they did. And I'd like to have Chris uh, report what the boys have to say about episode number 300 of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Yeah, I asked, uh, what should we talk about on episode 300 today? And Greg immediately replied, Tom Brady, which is literally the most sarcastic thing that's ever been texted by any human on earth <laughs> because Greg would fight Tom Brady at the drop of a hat. No problem. No, you know, I mean, Greg's favorite uh, team against his least favorite team in, uh, which started from that Super Bowl 17 years ago uh, and the, you know, br giving Brady uh, MVP for, you know, throwing for 100 yards is <laughs> and one touchdown is ridiculous. But anyway, that's where it all started. Now it's come full circle. And uh, no matter what happens in that game, there's going to be a lot of yelling in the Anderchuk household, positive or negative, that's for sure. But uh, Greg also says, uh, talk about the Patriots O-line getting zero credit. Pro Football Focus has their O-line rated fourth overall in 2018 behind Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Indianapolis. And uh, yeah, a, a lot of that success, as we've mentioned before, has been that underrated O-line. They've had that O-line coach forever who's so Dante good. Dante Sarnecchia or something yeah, like that. Long yeah, he's got that long Italian name. Yeah, Paisan. So, yeah, exactly. So yeah, they've been they've just been incredible. And uh, he's gotten so much credit. Some people actually think he's a mobile quarterback, which is just ludicrous. But yeah, that O-line, the, the Patriots O-line over the last 15 years, I think is the most underrated unit in pro sports. And it's I think that's hard to argue with. Great point. No question um, what they've been able to do. And you know what? They have never really spent top dollar on their offensive no. guy and guys that were looking for it, like Nate Solder yeah, they went on to New York. Yeah. They let him go. And this Dante, whatever his name is, just plugs a guy in here and it comes and plays at a, at a, at a pro bowl level. So yeah, I got to agree that, uh, that an underlying 
reason for the success over the last decade and a half of the New England Patriots has got to be offensive line play. All right. And uh, so then I asked our uh, buddy Ryan what he thought of, and uh, he said uh, he mentioned the wrestling death pool that we're in. So uh, maybe once uh, once I have the wrestling death pool with my friends, I'll give you some more details on it, but that should be fun. Um, he says the fact that you guys made it 300 episodes or that 300 episodes in Mike still says in case you're just joining us. So there was another there's another guy, uh, Taryn, who's listened to the show who that just drove him crazy. I, I recently found out as well. So Mike is from the world of radio and Mike is used to saying that. And that's a great thing uh, when you're on radio, you know, to welcome people and make them feel like they haven't missed out on everything and make them comfortable and want to keep listening and feel like they haven't missed out on a bunch of stuff so i get that and it's just a it's just a habit and i guess you can expound more on why you still like to say in case you're just joining us on a recorded podcast which doesn't bother me but it it can bother some people i guess it's a habit um i learned that from ken korak years ago ken korak is now the radio voice of the oakland days and you always want to keep your your uh, audience engaged to make them feel like that they're part of the program, and that's why I do it. If it bothers people, then I won't do it anymore. It's that simple. <laughs> hey, or I you to... could go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And besides, Taryn's a Flames fan. Who, who gives oh, a shit? don't go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, Ryan also says the uh, the fact that you should change the color options, green and gold subscriber, of the Patreon subscribers to something having to do with any team being decent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Says the LA Kings fan, although you're a Kings fan too. But yeah, uh, I am. Yeah. But uh, no, you know what? Uh, <laughs> everybody has an opinion, just like everybody has an asshole. So <laughs> yeah, I've got an asshole. But, yeah. Anyway, he's uh, right. yeah, he's, I'm going to read more of his text right now. So uh, maybe the suspensions of Habib and McGregor, which we just talked about. Uh, Ryan also suggests we talk about quote your mom, which I'm not going to talk about my mom. But thanks for that suggestion, Ryan. <laughs> and um, the last thing that Ryan mentioned. And finally, the fact that I would make you tap within the first round if we had an MMA fight in an octagon. And uh, to that, I would just say, uh, since that doesn't deserve a response because I outweigh him by 100 pounds. And of yeah. course, then he says that, oh, that'll, that just means because you're so fat. And then I'll just say, so, yeah, 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 well, whatever. Yeah. We'll see. Anyway, so um, no, I actually did see an interesting thing that this reminds me of, though. Uh, I saw an article by, uh, I think it was an MMA fighter, and he talked about how he has won every single street fighter bar fight he's ever had to be in or if anyone's ever like approached him he said he does the same thing every time and i just thought it was really interesting so this is what the guy said he said all he does if someone's really like just is gonna fight you and there's nothing you can do to get out of it what you do is you go towards him you fake a punch then you go and you take do it like a double leg or a single leg takedown and then when you've done that now they're down now they have to get up the only way they're going to get up is if they kind of turn and so when they get up and they turn to try and get themselves up you immediately go and you just choke them from behind like you just wrap okay. around and you give them yeah. a, re- a rear naked choke and he said that's what he's done anytime any undisciplined fighter some dude just wants to be tough that's what he does fake the punch take them down they they turn their back to you, you choke them out and that's it so i i thought that's what uh that's in that's interesting so Ryan, even you knowing what I'm going to do, you still can't stop me. I'd pay to see that. Uh, <laughs> no question. Um, I also would like to um, let... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I just, uh, I've never, I just literally right this second, just got a new comment. So this is from a gentleman named uh, Noel Werner that I've, uh, that I've, uh, I've known uh, in the past. Haven't uh, really seen him much in the last couple of years, but uh, he just sent a comment. He said... 
I downloaded your unscripted podcast into my subscribe list. Your cover photo is awesome and puts faces to the names. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Noel. Well, thank you, Noel. Appreciate that. Um, I've told I have a face for radio, but, um, you know, whatever. I do need to let people know that, you know, since we started this um, in September of 17, and uh, I had the heart attack at the end of October of 17, and uh, Chris and Martina, his beautiful wife that uh, puts up with this nonsense once a week. Um, They were there every day for me and uh, visited me every day in the hospital, and I still to this day appreciate it. But just on Monday, I was given a full clean bill of health, and uh, that's the best news that I've had. The stent is working. Um, The other uh, valves are, the blood is flowing. So I'm very appreciative to be down to just two medications, and I'm probably as healthy as I'm going to get. So um, I'm pretty happy about that. That's the best news I've had in a while. So um, Ryan and Greg and all the rest of you lunatics, um, after getting news like that, you can't bother me. (laughs) I'm indestructible. Um, But really, there are a lot of people to thank for this, and um, we couldn't have done it without you. Um, Obviously, Chris is at the top of the list. Uh, my daughter Olivia at the beginning was a part of it. Um, she's moved on to Kamloops, BC, but she still listens religiously. And all the guys that Chris just mentioned, thank you very much. Um, again, we have a lot of banter back and forth. I think that uh, Greg is very, very, very knowledgeable. Um, I think I know sports, and uh, Greg corrects me all the time. Um, I'm getting a little tired of it, but, you know, I can survive because he's right. And uh, when somebody's right, you just got to give them the, the proper respect and you move on. And and uh, Greg is, is uh, uh, I, I've had the opportunity to meet Greg one time and uh, seems to be a great uh, individual and great respect for his knowledge. Um, Ryan, I like your knowledge. Uh, your attitude needs a bit of an adjustment, but, uh, you know, that's part of it. And uh, I don't think this show would survive in regard to the repartee that we have between the two of us. I thought it was I thought it was monumental that Greg left a uh, Ryan, excuse me, left a comment the other day on the Patreon page saying that he can't believe that he agreed with us and thought that there was something that somebody had spiked his coffee in the morning. And I told him that maybe he should just go visit his doctor. Um, because uh, there probably was something wrong with him if he gr- agreed with something that that uh, Chris and I said. But, you know, that's the beauty of this is that you have the opportunity with the nine different social media outlets to voice your opinion and, and uh, you know, call a spade a spade. And uh, I appreciate that these guys, that uh, they know what they're talking about. And so it's easier to take and listen to what they have to say and not just totally delete it or disregard it because these guys know what they're saying. And then, and that always helps. It helps me be better, helps Chris be better when you get positive feedback. None of us are perfect folks. Um, you know, so we try the best we can. Um, it's an adjustment when you haven't done something for 20 years and to start doing it again. And you know what? I can honestly sit here as I listen to these each of these episodes from episode one to now episode 300, we have gotten better. And our timing is better. Our camaraderie is better. Um, we laugh and giggle a lot, but we also you know, talk about things that are pertinent and prevalent and all that other stuff, but we do it in a better style. And uh, this thing, that is non-negotiable. Chris and I have gotten better. 
We work better well, work well together better now than we did, obviously, in episode one or two or three or four or episode 100, whatever it is. But um, keep them coming, guys, because that's what makes me keep coming to keep coming to the studio all the time was to listen to you guys and see what you're going to say. And uh, that fuels me to keep going. So thank you to all. And uh, I hope that you're around for episode and Chris and I are around for episode 600 or episode 900, episode 1200, whatever it may end up to be. But uh, thank you much. And and uh, keep sending the comments. I'm really hoping for an episode of thousand. I just would love to say that we've got a thousand episodes. I really want to get there. Is what I'm looking for. Uh, one last thing. This will make you happy. Is I, I did get a note earlier in the week from Ryan that said uh, he was listening to our last episode of Free Forum Friday last week, and uh, he is a, of course a green and gold package subscriber. And he and his wife Nicole were listening. And I even had said, "Hey, I'm going to say this onion story because Ryan's a car guy, so I thought he'd like it." But I didn't realize that Ryan actually owns a BMW. Oh, really? So when we, when I said, uh, you know, neighborhood comes together to watch BMW owner struggle in snow, yeah. his wife just burst out laughing at him, which I thought was great. Uh, you know, I, I told Ryan, I thought he was all about the Mustangs and the El Caminos for life. And apparently he's <laughs> trying to class it up. I'm not sure who he's trying to impress. But um, anyway, hopefully, hopefully Ryan gets stuck in the snow, too. Ryan, uh, Greg, and everybody, thank you very much. And we've got to run on this special 300th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. 300 in the books and hopefully another 300 to come down the line and who knows. But uh, thank you all for your participation and hope that you continue to do so. Having said all that, for the episode or for the executive producer of a show that has now produced 300 episodes, congratulations to Mr. Fluke. I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.